Hello and welcome to a Tuesday episode of the State of the Nova Nation. I'm Eugene Rapay. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, we didn't have an episode on Thursday. That's my bad. Apologies on me. I took my first exam in quite a long time, probably since my school days. And for a moment, Chris, while I was taking this exam, it was job related, civil service exam. I was sitting there thinking, wow, you know, I kind of wish tests back then were kind of like this. I felt like I was getting some brain stimulation, felt more like a game, had a lot of logic puzzles in front of me. And then I thought about it and I was like, why am I being a huge nerd right now? Tests suck. <laughs> yeah, when you told me you were, t- you were taking a test on Thursday, I was like, what What the hell are you doing? I was like, wait, would you magically sign up for grad school? You got classes already? I was like, that was a little weird, but it uh, sounds like everything went well for you. So uh, glad to hear it. Yeah, it was all fun and games, honestly, until I, I was filling out Scantron sheets for one of the parts. And I remember thinking, okay, this this actually is not that fun. This is totally lame. <laughs> but you know how Jay Wright said bang right before the Jenkins shot went in? Honestly, that's mm-hmm. how I felt by the time I ended that test in. I'm not going to find out the <laughs> results. I'm not going to find out if I get promoted or whatnot or if I got the job for like a couple months because they have to grade like the whole entire state. But I was in there. When I handed that test in, I felt pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Trying trying to will yourself into a good grade by saying bang at the end. <laughs> the shot, it wasn't actually Chris Jenkins. It was Jay Wright saying bang. That's what got it in. <laughs> Obviously. As Jay said, he was, look, he was looking for more time on the clock after the fact, so he couldn't celebrate. So were you looking for more questions, Eugene? Oh, no, 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 no. I was ready. <laughs> I was ready to leave after that. <laughs> Alas, here we are on this Tuesday. No early tests to get in the way of this State of the Nova Nation podcast. It's only been a week, but it felt so much longer than that. We got a couple things to talk about. First off, we had a game on Sunday. And if you ask me, I remember we talked about it as the Super Bowl appetizer. I looked at it as a Super Bowl appetizer. Honestly, that could have been the main course. And I would have been totally satisfied because the Super Bowl sucked. But that game was 50 times more interesting. It had me on the edge of my seat. It was a good game until Nova obviously took over at the end to remain undefeated in conference play. 9-0, I believe that's the best start that the school has ever had in conference play. So that's always a plus. And whenever you beat Georgetown, that's always exciting. More so than whatever Super Bowl commercial, halftime show, or the actual game. For sure. This was kind of a pleasant surprise in the sense that it was it was a better game than at least I thought it was going to be. I mean, I know you were kind of, you were on the Georgetown hype train before and you were kind of hyping them up a bit. And I was like, eh, well, you know, it's Georgetown. There's, we still, I still kind of view them as as I have for the past couple of years, but they definitely came out flying and, and they had that lead at half and they were in the game until the very end. So it was certainly a good one. And yes, it was much better than the Super Bowl. And I'm a defense guy. I love defense in football, but I like defense when it's up against competent offenses. And But yes, this was this was good. This was a good game. Yeah, whenever you have people on Twitter saying that the punter should be Super Bowl MVP, that is when you know it is not a good yeah. game. <laughs> yeah, that, honestly, it was looking that way <laughs> at least through at least before the Patriots got their first touchdown. It was honestly, it was going to go between the Hecker, uh, Allen, and then the two kickers with uh, Zerloin and Goskowski. It was it was that bad. Heck, they were saying the special teams gunner should have won that Super Bowl MVP halfway through the fourth quarter. Oof. Brutal. Yeah, never a good sign for a football game. But this Nova game, it really, you know, I know that I was talking positively about Georgetown, and I did say that the game was going to be a lot more competitive this time around than 
last year when Nova won both meetings by a combined 56 points. But it honestly had me on the edge of my seat there. I was a little worried. I was a little worried. It was one of those games where Nova just wasn't making its shots early. Ice cold from deep. Had so many good looks. And they just wouldn't drop. And you would know that any other day of the week, it would fall. And as we've seen in a lot of the other games in the past, or at least recently, the week before when Nova was there against Seton Hall, they didn't miss at all. They just dropped bombs left and right, 17 three-pointers. And then against Georgetown, the same looks that were dropping weren't falling this time around. But fortunately, Nova was able to get hot when it mattered most. With the game all tied up with about seven and a half minutes to go in the second half, Nova goes on a 16-2 and run. They finally hit their shots when it mattered most, closing the game out, leaving Georgetown in the dust, and the Wildcats were able to win 77-65. to Huge shout-outs to Colin Gillespie, who had a career-high 30-point performance. He was on the money when not a lot of cats were, carried us from the three-point line. Eric Pascal, he was also having a day, not so much from beyond the arc, but he was working inside. He had 24 points. Phil Booth, ice cold. But he was the one who sparked that run with a layup and a three-pointer. He finished with 14 points. Really was the catalyst in that game-clenching run at the end. Couldn't be too upset with him because you know how well he's done so far, especially over the last couple of months. Just bound for a cold game. But the way that he was able to step up big in crunch time, totally redeemed himself. And as for Georgetown, Jesse Govan, where was he? Totally lost on a milk carton. He had zero points played 13 minutes, was in foul trouble all game long, and it just seemed like whenever he was on the court, Georgetown would fall behind. James Akinjo, the freshman, he had 19 points, and Jamarco Pickett had 10 points. It wasn't a hot day for Govan and Mac McClung. I was hyping him up, but Nova did a good job on him too, holding him for just 2 of of 11 shooting and just 4 points. Govan, McClung, non-factors, and everyone else, I thought the defense was pretty good, but it was just one of those games, Chris, where the shots weren't falling, and it had you uneasy. Yeah, for sure. And we were going back and forth during the game that Villanova was kind of due for one of these games. It was just a matter if the defensive end can hold up and, you know, produce a grinded out type win. And I guess this will qualify as that. And you mentioned Govan with the big fat goose egg in the points column. How many games is this now where the best player has been absolutely uh, useless for (laughs) Villanova's opposing team? Again, Jay Wright and company taking away the opposing team's best player. Govan, 0 of 9 from the field, he fouled out. He was in foul trouble early. Ewing kind of, I didn't really agree with it, him kind of putting him back in early with two fouls, and then he got that third one, and that was pretty much the, the end of him. He wasn't able to find a rhythm. He had like a couple open shots, but but he obviously bricked them. I thought the defense on him was pretty good. I know you mentioned the guards for Georgetown were pretty good coming in. Akinjo impressed me, especially from deep three of six. And he did a bunch of other things pretty well. I mean, if you look at his stat line, seven of 16 from the field, I mean, you might think like, oh, that's not the greatest performance, but I, I thought he played a pretty good game. And McClung, you can see the potential is there. He just had a bad day, uh, especially from beyond the arc going 0 for 5 from deep. But yeah, I, I thought defensively, they they locked down, especially in the second half. I thought they did pretty well. And I know you mentioned Gillespie, who deserves all the praise for this game. Kept Villanova in it, at least early on, him and Pascal, when basically nobody was hitting any shots, like you said. And they basically were the entire first half before Phil Booth was able to catch some fire. In the second half, they did a great job on the offensive end, but you got to give some credit to Jermaine Samuels as well. Only three points, but he grabbed 16 boards. He was flying all over the place the other day. It was a good sight to see. And also, because Govan was in foul trouble, 
and was on the bench for most of the game, only playing 13 minutes. I think we got to see a lot more DCR than we probably would have had Govan been playing the whole time. As a result, he got 22 minutes, grabbed seven boards, had six points. He did eventually foul out, but I thought DCR had a pretty solid game. Just trying to throw some other names out there besides, you know, Gillespie and Pascal, who deserve all the praise in the world, like I said. But I I think this game was won because of the other contributors as well. Gillespie and Pascal kept them in it, and then Booth and the rest of the crew just kind of took off toward the end. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You definitely cannot overlook what Jermaine Samuels did on the glass. He also had a career high mark with 16 boards, just absolutely working for all 29 minutes that he was on the floor. But that's a great point. Not only was he killing it on the boards and on the glass, but he was also part of the reason why Govan was scoreless. Him and DCR, I know you said that DCR coming out more was because of Govan being in foul trouble and whatnot, but I thought DCR and Samuels did a great job of just making Govan work. He was scoreless and they were a huge they were both a huge part as to why he didn't do very much. Great play in the front court by the both of them. Honestly, in a game like this where the shots weren't dropping from deep and you know 10 out of 11 days Nova would totally knock those down, we needed some grinders out there and Jermaine Samuels even though he only took one shot for the whole game, he was just killing it. He was killing it. He did the things I hate to bring up this cliche, but he really did the things that did not show up on the box score. Yes, he was working on the glass, but he did a great job on Govan and the rest of those front court guys that can really pack a punch if you let them. For sure. And there was that one play. It was that big block he had. It was like on a fast break, and I I thought the game was pretty close at the time. And he just kind of baited the Georgetown. I forget who was driving in. It might have been a Kinjo. And just baited him into just going up for layup and played it so well and just swatted it away and then as a result obviously i don't think georgetown ended up scoring on the other on the next possession so i thought samuels played a great defensive game and he was all over the place and did the little things extraordinarily well i gotta say we saw it earlier in the year jay wright highlighted the sophomore class as the group to basically watch for that that trio of gillespie cosby roundtree and samuels they were going to be key they were going to be very important on how far or how high nova could perform and so far when you have gillespie shooting the lights out in the way that he's been doing over the last six games, shooting almost 50% from long range. You have Samuels being a workman on the glass, providing big plays. He, We've seen him do the highlight dunks, but we know him more so as a hustle guy on the boards, on the glass. He's fighting for every rebound. He makes big blocks. He's doing everything that he can while the other guys go to work and grab the limelight on the score sheet. Cosby Rountree, he's good for boards but you can also put up some points as well didn't really have a high scoring game but i was happy with his performance especially with the way that he was able to keep up with govan and keep him in check when you see the sophomores performing the way they are right now and i thought that this was a huge game we could not have won this game without them it's just great to see and i honestly i cannot wait to see how high gillespie can go because i have a feeling he's still got more in the tank he still has more in him and when we see them take the load off the seniors so crucial So crucial. I can see why Jay highlighted this class, especially instead of the seniors, because after Booth and after Pascal, and especially on a day where Booth was not going for 80% of the game, they really set the tone, carried the pace, and kept the cats going. Yeah, they absolutely did. And what you were highlighting there, everything kind of complements each other pretty well. I mean, Gillespie, you got as the point guard, the catch-and-shoot guy who can hit the long-range shot. Then you got Samuels, an athletic freak 
as he's shown in these past couple months, grabs the boards, does the little things. And then DCR, you got your prototypical five who gets the easy boards, plays good enough defense down low, and can also hit some high percentage shots. So I'm loving the way they're playing right now. And yes, it's great to see them step up, especially when the seniors aren't having that the greatest of games. Obviously, Pascal did, but Booth obviously the way he's been playing was probably due for a night like this or a game like this. Even with a game like this, Villanova still wins by double digits. I think this is just a testament to how the rest of the depth of this team is. Like, obviously, we've been kvetching about the, the minute distribution and who should be playing when, but you still got to give props to where it's due. And the sophomores are definitely stepping up uh, regardless of the minute distribution. Yeah, you could just see it. Overall, I mean, this team has grown so much since the November season opener against Morgan State. Had a few bumps on the road along the way, as did Gillespie. He had his bumps early on. I know I was a little doubtful. Samuels, we were kind of wondering, is this the season where he turns things around? Can he find confidence? Can he find his way on the court? Can he find a niche for himself? And then Cosby Roundtree, how would he do in a much bigger role, getting more minutes? He saw some last year. But then as the year went on, he was just a freshman, so he got relegated to the end of the rotation. But now a sophomore where there's not that many bigs on this roster, so he's going to have to step up. How would he do in a bigger role? And so far, these guys are growing. The team overall is growing. 9-0. Can't complain. Can't complain. And right now, Nova's got a great chance to go 10-0. And that would, as we mentioned last time, it would be the first time that any Big E school has done that starting conference play 10-0 since the 98-99 UConn Huskies. So it's been a couple decades, but I'm just very glad with the way that this team is going. It really made me smile the way that they're able to pull it out, especially when the shots aren't falling. We've seen it when the shots aren't falling and Nova just panic or just not be able to pull it out. But this, again, just the way that they were able to win this game, finish off their rivals, stay strong, stay confident in their shot, even though it wasn't dropping early. And just hold on for the win. You know, this happened a couple months ago. I don't think that this Nova squad would have been able to do it. But we've seen them grow. We've seen them mature. And I'm glad that this is just yet another sign of that. Yeah, you make a good point there. This doesn't happen in November. Probably doesn't even happen in December. Or maybe even early in January. I don't know. It does show that this team is maturing. And they're winning games where you wouldn't expect them to based on their performance from the field. And that's an encouraging sign going forward. Because you're going to have a game like this in the Big East tournament or in the NCAA tournament where the shots just aren't falling. And I know the competition might be better than Georgetown. It probably will be. But if you can at least have this in your back pocket and be like, hey, this is how we grinded out this type of game, you can at least reach back to it and be like, oh, that's how we did it. And hopefully you can able to use that use this type of game going forward as a to help out with that. I was certainly glad that this kind of performance came against Georgetown and not against Marquette because we can't embarrass ourselves at the Pfizer Forum because I need Nova. I'm banking on Nova to pull off that upset. But of course, that game is later on in the weekend. We're going to talk about that on Thursday. I just kind of want to take a step back for a little moment right now. Did you see Jalen Brunson's little shout out there? I loved it. I love the fact that there was a nice little ceremony for him. I didn't even think it was happening until I saw Jay Wright tweeted a couple hours before the game, like, hey, Nova Nation, come early because we're going to have a little special surprise for Jalen Brunson. And I was so jealous that I was not there at that game because you got to respect all hail JB crossover basketball, national play of the year, probably one of the most decorated careers ever on the main line. You can make the argument for him as the GOAT, but to see him get his unofficial senior day, so great for him and his family. So great. Really was good to see. And, you know, being off Twitter now, I had no idea this was going on until after it happened and they had him in the booth. And I'm like, 
why why is he announcing this game right now? Why is he part of the broadcast? And then they showed the whole thing, and I was like, oh, wow, this would have been nice to have known this was going on beforehand. So they, I don't know why they didn't market it at all. And, and like you said, Jay Wright tweeted about it like during the day of the game. I, I don't know why they did that. But hey, it was good to see he was back in the building. Um, I know he's doing well with the Mavericks or sort of good with the Mavericks. And now that the Mavericks have Chris Stapps, hopefully he can be part of that core with Luca and, and Chris Stapps. But yeah, it's, it's good to see him back. Good to see he finally got his uh, senior day. And I guess his number is officially retired now. Is that what they were saying too? Is that, is that, is that correct? His number is retired. Yeah. Nova doing that thing where they quote unquote retire the Jersey or they honor the Jersey, even though it's like still in circulation. Oh, so they're honoring it. I got you. I got you. It's not out of circulation, but, you know, like, for example, Randy Foy's number two was quote-unquote retired, but obviously Chris Jenkins wore it. Henry Lowe wore it at one point. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was good to hear him on the broadcast, and it it still appears that he still has uh, Villanova core values when it comes to the media. Oh, yeah. Play smart, play hard, play together. Always. Always. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but Ryan Archie Diakono still wears his attitude bracelet. Still repping. Always repping. Yes. A constant reminder from where you came from. Of course. Of course. I just remembered, actually, I think Paul Arizon actually has his number retired. Like, you can't wear 11, I believe. You're probably right on that. But yeah, always good to see Jalen Brunson back in the house. Always love to see the former Cats, especially following him now in the NBA. It's so cool, especially with the way that the Mavericks are seem to be trending in the right direction. He got to take a little pit stop at the Davis Center. See that nice little tribute that they have for him. Honestly, I, I really need to take a visit down there to the Davis Center and also obviously the new pavilion, but it just looks like they revamped everything. And I would love to check it out. Just see how they changed everything. See all the new things that are dedicated to the program. I just need to check it out, man. I just need to check it out. It's changed so much since we were there. Sounds like it. <laughs> I, yeah, I wish we could uh, somehow get into the pavilion. I mean, we obviously can always get into the Davis Center, but it would be nice to get into the pavilion. But as everyone's kind of suggested, kind of got to go check out a women's game to really do that now. Even the Davis Center, just based on the pictures that I'd seen on like Villanova Athletics Twitter or Jay Wright or the one of Jalen Brunson right next to his giant monument or display dedicated to him. They added some new things. They changed that staircase around. I'm sure some of the surrounding hallways are different. I'm sure the entranceway, too, has got to be different, too. When you first walk in and they got like all the different trophies there, that's got to be different also. Yeah, especially since we left, there's a lot new, a lot more hardware now. So I'm assuming there is some rearrangement. I haven't seen any of the new pictures, so I'm kind of I'm kind of in the dark about that. Honestly, it's probably better that way. Have it be a nice surprise when you finally go. Make the pilgrimage back to the homeland. Oh, yeah. Got to go one day. So we got a game coming up tomorrow night, Wednesday, against the Creighton Blue Jays. Like two of the regular season series. Obviously Villanova won earlier in the year. Obviously Villanova won in January earlier in the year at Omaha. Won pretty nicely, 90 to 78. And now the series is coming back to the pavilion. Chris, this Creighton squad, man, hasn't changed. Maybe their defensive numbers and stats got worse, but this is still a fight fire with fire kind of team. What can we expect from this Blue Jay squad who Right now, 13-9, and 4-5 and five in Big East play. They're in the middle of the pack of that bunch of conference teams that just seem to be cannibalizing each other while Nova and Marquette drift further and further away towards the top. 
what can we expect from Creighton? Well, not a lot of defense, but a lot of offense, as you kind of hinted at there. Since the Villanova game, Creighton has gone three and two. They've lost both games to St. John's. So take away St. John's and Creighton's doing all right for themselves. They beat Georgetown at Georgetown. They beat Butler at home and they beat Xavier at home. So, I mean, it's pretty good. You know, three and two. I mean, obviously you would have liked to have stolen one against the Johnnies there, especially the one at home, but they got throttled in both games. But now Creighton starts a really big stretch for them. Three road games in a row at Nova, at Seton Hall, at Xavier. So that is a pretty tough stretch coming up from them. So they're going to hope to at least get one, maybe two. And Villanova is the first on the list. And yeah, Ken Palm wise, 15th in offense, 165th in defense. As we were discussing off air before, this is basically Marquette of old, but they don't have the Marcus Howard type player. So I'm just not exactly sure how they're going to win at Villanova unless they just, you know, channel the ghosts of Ethan Raggy and Doug McDermott. They'll certainly give Villanova a fight on the offensive end, but if Villanova just gets back to their old offensive ways, and by old offensive ways, I mean every game before the Georgetown game, this could be a potentially long night for the Blue Jays. Yeah, with Creighton in that first game when we were at Omaha, it was all fun and games for the Blue Jays until Nova's defense buckled down in the second half, and then all of a sudden those three-pointers weren't falling. Martin Crample no longer became a factor down low. And then Novo just continue to hit the shots and pull away. I think now that Nova's seen them once, and especially because they're going to be at home, I think they're going to be a lot more savvy in dealing with them defensively and not allowing them to get off to that hot start. I mean, Tyshawn Alexander felt like he couldn't miss in that first half. I don't think they're going to let that happen. I think that Nova will make this one theirs. They're going to take control from the get-go. They're going to try to set the tone defensively. Not allow them to shoot the lights out again because that that Creighton squad, man, they just wouldn't miss in that first half. But then Nova obviously just took complete control in the second half. I'm expecting a little bit more of the same. Like, I'm sure Creighton might hang in there in the beginning, but I don't think it's going to be as long as it was in that the game was close going to halftime. I think that Nova should get off to a nice run to start, buckle down defensively. No surprises now. You've seen this new look Creighton squad once. And honestly, it seemed like the first half was all they needed because they adjusted very well in the second half. So I think Nova will be just fine. And we're going to be talking 10-0 start for this Wildcat team. I really hope so. And then it really sets up nice for the Marquette game this weekend. I mean, Marquette's got St. John's at home and Villanova's got the home game against Creighton as we're talking about now. I don't know if you want to classify this as a trap game, but... Like in the traditional sense, I mean, it is against the team that isn't as good as the team you're going to be playing against the weekend. It is going to be the big boy matchup for the Big East. So they could get caught with their pants down and be like, oh, crap, here comes Creighton with their high-powered offense and we're not hitting shots tonight. So if just playing devil's advocate for a bit, that could potentially happen and it could fall into that trap game category, but I don't see it. I think they, they match it pretty well. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, we can't have any spoilers for Saturday's big game. No spoilers, please. We need Marquette to take care of business. Nova needs to take care of business because we need (laughs) – when it's Saturday and 2.30 rolls around, you bet that I will be parked in front of the TV somewhere. I'll do whatever I can to get in front of the TV ASAP, secure a spot, get all comfortable because it's going to be a game. It's going to be a war at the Pfizer Forum on Saturday. Very hostile territory. And it's going to be so much more fun if everyone goes in take care, taking care of business beforehand. Hopefully no one messes up before Saturday so we can have a nice top 25 marquee matchup 
for the Big East. Some players to watch for, obviously, there's Tyshawn Alexander, the sophomore guard, who's just continuing to have such a great, well-improved season since his freshman year, averaging about 17 a game. He can score from all three levels of the floor. Very good shooter. Very good slasher inside. He can do it all. Martin Crample, he's the big man down low. He's averaging about 12 a game. And then you have Marcus Zagorowski and Mitch Ballack. Both of those guys are just snipers. They're shooting over 46% each from long range. And that is, that's some dangerous numbers right there. So those are your four guys really to watch out for. Obviously, Creighton has a couple more guys that can snipe. They got a lot of shooters on this roster, but no defense. So if Nova can do its homework, take care of business defensively, I think they're going to get back to more of a shooting groove. I don't think that that Georgetown game, or at least shooting-wise, should replicate itself. And hopefully, we'll be talking about a win on Thursday, Chris. I hope so, because like you said, if everyone takes care of business this week, that Saturday game is going to just be even that more hyped up. And I, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a fun one. But let's take care of business on Wednesday, and I think they should despite Creighton's team percentage of 42% from beyond the arc, which is just absolutely absurd. But I, I think Villanova wins at home. They'll be fine. And then we can go into Saturday for a real life to match up. If you can't make it to the pavilion, tip-off will be tomorrow night, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it on CBS Sports Network. I always hate it when it's on CBS Sports Network. I never know what channel it is right off the top of my head. Got to dive deep into the channel guide. But it will be on CBS Sports Network. Do not go looking on FS1. It will not be there. All right. It is that time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop open the mailbag, and discuss your questions. As always, you can tweet us at SONNPod and leave us a question. Ask us anything. We'll talk about it on the show. Or you can leave your questions in the comment section of a View Hoops podcast thread, and it'll find its way to us. We got one question today, and it's from Briz underscore two. What do you think Gillespie's 30-point performance meant to Jay Wright? Oh, it definitely meant everything. I'm sure Jay Wright, just looking at between the way that he's developed and the way that he's grown from not only just his freshman season, but you got to go way, way, way back. You got to go to high school when Jay Wright was scouting him out. This guy was a diamond in the rough. Not really on anyone's recruiting boards in terms of rankings two star on some recruiting services three stars on others very very under recruited just going into his senior year he was looking like a d2 caliber player just because the division one teams weren't looking obviously his senior year he blows up has big games left and right and then all of a sudden you got the high majors rolling in and nova was able to snag this guy came completely under the radar but now as you can see he definitely belongs on this level and that's not only testament to Jay's development, but also the hard work that Gillespie has put in. And if you're Jay Wright, you got to feel like a genius for finding this guy. Yeah, I'm sure it meant the world to Jay because he got the win out of it. Um, at least it's, that's what you're talking about short term. I mean, yeah, as like an overall thing, like, I think you pretty much nailed it. Nailed it. Like it, this is just a testament to how well this program is just developing players and taking guys who may be undervalued by pretty much every school out there. They come in here and they transform themselves I and mean, you look at some other guys who are low end you look at darren hilliard low end quote unquote low end guys who are overlooked by a bunch of d1 schools don't know comes calling they come here jay develops them and they turn into superstars and gillespie sure seems to be on that track i hopefully he can put up some more 30 point performances in the near future even if he just does half of what he did on sunday uh, it'll be 
a pretty damn good get for Jay. And especially for someone we were so low on coming into last year, didn't expect much of anything. We thought all the local hype was just local hype. It was, it really wasn't much of anything, but he seems to be the real deal. And I'm really happy for him because it's just cool to see someone like that come in and, and do what they can after being unheralded coming into the program. And I remember when you know, Villanova was on the 2016 run, you wrote an article saying like, oh, how Arch is Jay Wright's son and all that. And it seems that Gillespie's kind of filling that role now. And so it probably meant the world to Jay to see him do that. Yeah, great guy to bring up there. And Darren Hilliard, who also obviously was just a two-star guy under very many college programs radar, totally overlooked by many, but not by Jay Wright. And we saw that he became not only a, a great player in the Big East, but for the program, but he also got drafted to the NBA. He became an NBA draft caliber player. Who knows what is in store for Colin Gillespie, but just the way that he's been trending upwards, you got to be happy. You, you can't. You can't hate on it at all. He's been doing a great job this year. The 30-point game was huge, especially in the game where not that many people were going. And, of course, to Jay Wright, it's also kind of that confirmation like, hey, you totally made the right move. You put this guy in a position to be in the starting lineup, and everything is just paying off between his development, recruiting him, bringing him to campus, totally working with him to be a better player, and now here he is dropping big games. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do so on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, Spotify, Google Play. You got many, many options. Please leave us five star, five star, five star, five star, five stars. It helps us get the show out more, and it helps us reach so many different Nova Nationers out there, not only within our borders from West Coast, East Coast, but also across the world. We've reached out to a bunch of international listeners who we love. We always love our nationers, no matter where they may be. And it's great to get a few shout-outs across the pond or in many different countries around there. That's pretty cool. And so it helps other nationers know about the show, help them get informed, hopefully keep them entertained. So please leave us five stars, subscribe if you haven't already, and also Check back at viewhoops.com. We are going to have lots of different content for you. Obviously, we got the preview for Creighton. We're going to have recap. Come chat in our game threads. Come join the conversation. It's a party over there in the comment section. And you can also follow View Hoops on social media. Like our page on Facebook. Follow at View Hoops on Twitter. And that's also good for Instagram. And you can follow me, Eugene Repay, at eRepay5. And I got nothing. Follow Eugene on everything. And views. Chris is social media list. He is retired. You can also follow the pod at SONN Pod on Twitter. You could always do that too. Well, Nova Nation, happy Tuesday. Hope it's a good day. And hopefully when we're talking on Thursday, we're we're prepping for a big game, still undefeated, and hopefully we're gonna have some good things to talk about. <laughs>